If you're still on the hunt for a sports book to call home, bet the nonstop action of March Madness with MyBookie. Enter bracket contests for a chance to take home prizes of up to $25,000 or pick from a huge selection of straight bets, props, and odds boosts. Whatever your style, MyBookie makes it easy to play your way and get paid. Sign up now and take advantage of our generous welcome offer to score a massive first deposit bonus of up to $1,000. All you have to do is claim promo code MADNESS50. But the fun doesn't stop there. Get up to the minute odds, free bets, and expert predictions to help you decide who to put your money on. The best part about MyBookie? You can bet on anything, anytime, from anywhere. Use promo code MADNESS50, that's MADNESS50, to secure your limited-time welcome bonus today. For all afternoon into the evening, as I mentioned before, the block party gets underway not long after the show ends. Speaking of which, when this show ends from 3 to 4, we will have a meet-and-greet. The boys coming over from War Chant as well, so the whole group will be here and we look forward to talking with you, having a beer with you, and getting excited about tomorrow's football game against Oklahoma. After that, live music all the way to midnight. And, uh, again, former, some former players, I think, are going to be here as well. And so it's a chance with the battles end and war chant and everybody else to uh, have a good time. And I know we all will. I've been looking forward to this day for a while. It's been a fun first hour, and uh, we appreciate you joining us. And, again, pregame show tomorrow will air. We're going to put that together tonight and today and uh, and be ready for you as we get set to watch Florida State in Oklahoma. Hard to believe that it's already here and that we're ready to play football. Uh, seems like the regular season just ended, but this is what happens this time of year. Everything comes fast and furious with the Christmas break and the holidays and New Year's and all that good stuff. we got football on, on the big screen right now. Duke and UCF are going at it, and that game is tied at zero. Just got underway. we look at That's actually a full slate today, right? we got a bunch of bowl games, Tom. Uh, we do. In sequence, uh, I believe tonight is the Oregon game. Is, is Oregon playing tonight? I think that's right. I'll tell you right. I know now. tomorrow that the nightcap after we play is uh, Texas and Washington in the uh, Alamo Bowl. Great game, by the way. Which will be an interesting one. But uh, just to set the scene for you folks that are not here, maybe you're making your way to town today or tomorrow, the Harry Buffalo on Church Street is doing an entire day here for the Knowles today. But then also tomorrow, this is the Knoll Bar. This is the yeah. Knoll area of town. And if you look inside the bar as I am right now, it is wall-to-wall televisions. There's this giant pit. It reminds me a little bit of Ebor back home, like a bar you'd see there, because there's a second floor that wraps around the first floor. Island bar downstairs, a bar upstairs as well. This place is fit for you to come watch games, and there really isn't a seat that doesn't have a look at a good television. So for sports watching purposes, either this week or on Labor Day weekend, when you come back, this is the place you want to be. It's a nice setup, very nice. would also make mention it is quite clearly, if you live in Orlando, the Buffalo Bills bar, as they have Coach <laughs> yeah, Levy, yeah. Thurman Thomas yeah. right over here, Buffalo Bills stuff. That's in the name. If you, as you can see here, they this is where you would watch a Bills game, and these days it's a good time to be a Bills fan. By the way, you are right. That's a good game. Oregon and North Carolina. San yeah. Diego County yeah. Credit Union Bowl, that's at 530. Then later on tonight, Actually, uh, low-key good game. Texas Tech and Ole Miss will go at it. Should be a good football game as well. Earlier today, Kansas and – oh, no, still today, Kansas and Arkansas as well. So there That's you go. weird. It's going on right now, yeah. So it should be good. Um, we got plenty of football, plenty of football. But tomorrow is the game, Florida State, Oklahoma. Talked today to the press. They settled in, got another practice yep. in yep. yesterday. They are ready to go. They are healthy. 
and excited to play football. You can hear it in Mike Norvell's voice, hear the players' comments, and uh, I, I'm always excited when the players are excited because you don't always get that with bowls. Been around to a lot of them. You have to. Yeah. Uh, you can see them every week. And I was asked before the game. James B asked me a question. Like, how do you how do you bet bowl games? Uh, what do you look at? Do you bet the underdogs? And I said, well, I used to. I used to have a certain methodology when bowls meant more to everybody playing them because you knew both teams were going to show up to play. Yeah. You knew yeah. both teams cared to win. But that's not so much the case anymore. So I always try to gauge who wants no. to be there, who needs to win that game, which players are invested, which coaches are invested, how many changes have been made. Nowadays, it's sort of like, you're, you know, you, you, you're going opt-outs, yep. draft status, you know, all those transfer portal. Now, you got to do so much damn homework on the Bulls. It's ridiculous. You might as well stick with the playoff because that's just an assessment of what Team A can do versus what Team B can do. And all you're worrying about in the college football playoff is the injury report. Outside of that, it's just a straight matchup. But for all these other bowls, you have to do an incredible amount of homework. Florida State at present, well, at least of the, as of this morning, it was around nine and a half was the consensus spread in this game. I feel like that's just from the naked eye a decent number. The total was somewhere in the 60s. I think this game comes down to, do you believe that Oklahoma, with as many as three or four different starting offensive linemen in this game, I know the two tackles everybody's talked about, but there's word out of Norman that it could be three maybe as many as four, but probably three different starters in the offensive line. Can they hold up against an FSU front that's going to feature Jared Verse and it's going to feature the big guns for FSU? If they can, then they probably will score points and this game could be kept close late. If they can't, then nine and a half feels like a bit of a discount. Yeah, I'm looking at all of the uh, books right now. DraftKings, FanDuel, Bet Rivers, Points Bet, Caesars, you name it. It is nine and a half. We have an exact belief from all of these books yep. that it is in fact a blanket nine and a half began at seven began yeah at seven yep. florida state was favored by just a touchdown i have to tell you nine and a half feels a little rich for my blood I, it's not terrible but nine and a half seems like a lot because i do think oklahoma's gonna score i said that earlier and i'll stand by that i understand why that total is as big as it is by the way the weather should be fantastic yep. tomorrow for football i think they're talking about quite literally 72 degrees which is <laughs> Yeah, kickoff. I think the high is 75 or 76. Yeah. And, you know, so two, three hours later, yeah, it should get down around 72. Hopefully you enjoy a nice breeze. I'll have the deck open back home in Tallahassee as I scramble back tomorrow morning. It'll be a beautiful day no matter where you are in the state. I am uh, I am in an open-air box. Are You are not. I am. <laughs> the, rest the, the, the rest of the segment's yours. Yeah, the, I, saw, I saw the look on your face. I am in an open-air box, my friend. I got the boys... The good seat, so we're in good shape. It'll be fun. Um, have hey, you listen. been to a box at Doak? Yeah. I never have. I feel like that's a right that needs to be uh, a wrong that needs to be righted. You're going to be disappointed. The boxes at Doak suck. Do they have booze? Yeah. Then I won't be disappointed. Well, you could. <laughs> 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 the University Center Club or the obviously. The, the Lang Memorial. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You can go to the Lang Memorial. Mm -hmm. You've been there. Yeah. You've stood up there. I'll take a double. That'll be thirty-seven fifty. You know oh, okay. what? We talk right. an awful lot about uh, the future of the program and the future of college football and what we think is going to happen. I'm telling you, they made they took baby steps this year with the lettering up on the yeah, side. Yeah, that I looks mean, nice. I've never felt like they've done a good job or a good enough job of proclaiming their 40-year run of dominance. Yeah, they yeah. have not celebrated that level of no. success the way that they should have. I mean, that stadium, I don't want it to be gaudy, 
but it should be a classy look and, and it should be awe-inspiring. I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why. I have it, it, I've traveled to a lot of stadiums. I've been fortunate. And even when I'm not going to games, I'll go I love colleges. I love going to universities. And I any town I go to, if there's a university, I try to swing by there. When we went to LSU, remember I walked the campus by you myself. Did. I yeah, did the whole did. thing. I like to get a feel for what a campus is like, what it would have been like to go to school here. How does the city interact with the university? I love college towns, period. All right. So that's my background. When I go to whether it's Seattle, Washington or Columbus, Ohio, I've been to both. Whether it's Ann Arbor, Michigan or whether it's Tuscaloosa, I've been to both. Yeah, I, yep. I can keep going. All right. I go to the campuses. I go inside the stadiums whenever I can. And I run on the fields. You know, that's my big thing. I like to run on the fields. I don't know. It's just this little childhood thing. But when we went to East Lansing, sorry ass East Lansing. Yep. Uh, and I go up there and I go to Michigan State campus, which is a unique campus. I couldn't get a feel of whether I liked it or hated it. But when you walk onto that field, buddy, anything they've ever accomplished in their history is abundantly clear on the rotunda. It looks beautiful. <laughs> yeah, so as yeah. you walk in, you're like, oh, man, I forgot Bubba Smith played here. You know, the winners yeah. in the cop movies or whatever it was, the police uh, police academy movies. Uh, I forgot. That guy played yeah, there? Yeah, he played there. I don't know yeah, that. yeah. Oh, cool. it's, uh, you know how I know? Because it's proudly displayed <laughs> right up on the wall for the Michigan State fans to see. All of, they're all Americans. Every one of them, Tom. Yep. Right there. And you go down that list and it's memory lane for what they've accomplished. Well, listen, buddy, Florida State has done a thing or two. Yeah. Florida State has accomplished or five. A, or, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. Florida State has had a ton of All-Americans, first-round draft pick, Super Bowl winners, Hall of Famers, you yeah. name it. They've won three national championships. They've won three Heisman trophies. They have yeah. all these. Yeah. Okay, yeah. listen, you should be able to see all of <laughs> yeah. that up on the wall. I was, just, I was just thinking about that. So. Remember back in the day, and they I don't know if they fixed this or not because I was in there for two and a half quarters against Florida. Not even. Maybe it was halftime. Remember when they had the signs over by the uh, varsity club, yeah. like a, like the banners of the guys? Yes. That looked like a van wrap, man. It, it was awful. It doesn't it look was like awful. something. No. I mean, if I'm if I'm Dion, or uh, that's a bad example because he's too uh, polarizing for everybody. But if I'm Derek Brooks and work done and I see like this photo of me on this banner that's all faded, there's, the a hell is that? there's a better picture and of then, Warwick Dunn at Corner Pocket Bar and Grill. <laughs> there is. That's a and, better picture. Of and remember, I think I don't think they brought this to the new locker rooms. Remember the old locker rooms where they had like the black caricatures? I mean, I'm just talking about the solid black caricatures. No, I'm no. nothing to do with race. What are you talking about? No, so like at the ends of at the ends of each locker stall. Yes, yes, They yes, had yes, these yes. like these statue caricatures the that players. were faceless yes, and nameless, yes, yes. and then they had the number above it. Yeah, it's like thanks. Yeah. There's my likeness. Is like a general caricature. Yeah, uh, it's strange. I, this is uh, it, we turned this into a bitch fest. Uh, well, but I, they I, can get better. I, but well, clearly, we're talking Michael about where Alford, Florida State's going. Where Florida State's going. Clearly, Michael Alford agrees. I, that's what I'm saying. No, Mike's doing a good job. Hey, yeah. listen, you want to talk about if you had to go through? Okay, this has been a year of a return to glory. That's been yeah. our theme, right? That's what we've talked a lot about. You know, getting back on our feet and having a chance to compete again for championships. That's what this whole thing was about. All right, well. Let me just say this. If you're thinking about the university and what they care about, what they're invested in, they have done massive amounts of work to become an academic institution of uh, respectability. Successfully, yes. Yes, they have made 
huge strides. I'm yes. proud of them for that. You are too. We all are. That's great. And they celebrate the hell out of it as they should. Their entry requirements are fantastic. Well, we wouldn't get in now. I would. But anyhow, so the point would be, but the point would be, well, remember, I got in the school in the Stone Ages. I mean, that's correct. Yeah, I know. I know. But now, you, the, the point would be, you, they the, they made a concerted effort and then celebrated those achievements as they made them, as yeah, they were yeah. accomplished, okay? And that, I get the same newsletter you do. I get all the same alumni stuff you do. You know, we all get that. I get something every day. Hey, look at us kicking ass over here. <laughs> I ought to see that reflected in the football program as yeah. well. That, yeah. that kind of celebration yeah. of this rich history and also the newer successes that we've had uh, with players that, you know, get drafted, like Jermaine Johnson and others, whatever it might be. Just yep. keep adding them to the wall. Find a way to celebrate these achievements. Yeah, I agree. As we're about to get dinged on YouTube, that, that's going to be uh, unfortunate. Well, we'll but uh, yeah. I, I agree. It's got to be front and center, but they know what they're doing now. That's the thing is we talk about so often in the recruiting game in the past month or two about how refreshing it is to have collectives, plural, that understand how to play big boy football, that we can piss off a fan base oh. like Notre Dame saying, why don't we have it as good as Florida State does? That is the shoe being on the other foot from last year. These are the same complaints that we were waging at our own athletic department or collective or fan base or booster community, whatever it is, last year. Now you've gotten that down. The football-only facility, finally. They have broken ground on that thing, and that's an important step to be taking place. But it's just nice to know that from the NIL side and the recruiting side, from the university side, you have a president who empowers an athletic director who is actually empowered to make decisions. The president doesn't want to run football. The university president does not want to run football for the first time in a long time. That is nice. And then from there, you have a chain of command that goes down through the booster community. We didn't have that functionality and that efficiency forever. Now, it got us to where we were, but then it became antiquated so quickly. We won in spite of it, I think, for some time. Oh, without question. Now, I give a lot of credit to people in the past like Dave Hart, who really came in here and changed the way that Florida State went about making yep. money uh, and, and getting sponsors. But and, he left 15 years ago. Oh, he left a long time ago. He's forced out. But we understand that situation. I'm just saying he was good, and then it became a bunch of puppets. No offense to those gentlemen. Right, right. Uh, it's not their fault. No, but th th those guys were not uh, emboldened, and they did not have power, and they could not just make uh, unilateral decisions. And, and they, they weren't guys that could be forward-thinking because the president wanted to run the program. Right, so right. that's the situation we found ourselves in. It was, yeah, it was a bad time. For Florida State to have come out of that now, to well, certainly, I think we're on the other side. Changes are happening every day. Celebrate those changes. What I was going to say, and we'll put a ribbon on this and move on, is that if you were to place a, I don't know, a, a grade uh, or a percentage uh, on, on, on the people that are probably most well thought of within the university system currently. Yeah. And let's just say the athletic approval rating. Yeah, approval rating. Yeah, Sorry. Yeah. Uh, you would say that Mike Norvell has got a very high approval rating right now. You'd yeah. say you, you could name who you want to name, buddy. Mike Alford has oh, got a yes. really, yeah. really high. Uh, Michael Alford that, has a huge. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. You know, and and look, without getting into specifics, maybe somebody tried the process. Maybe somebody in the athletics world said, "Man, I've never had to report to an athletic director before. What the hell does that even mean?" Yeah. <laughs> and then there's a rude awakening. You've got to report well, to the athletic, athletic director. director. There's a hierarchy oh here. Oh, my God. Yeah, can you imagine? Jeff Cameron Show, 93.3 Real Talk Radio. War Chant TV. We're broadcasting at the Harry Buffalo. The folks here are no longer able to hear us, but you can't tell Tallahassee. That's a good thing. We'll be back in a moment.
The Jeff Cameron Show is a production of the Warchant.com Multimedia Network. Check out Warchant.com today for the latest news inside Florida State Athletics. That's Warchant.com. Now, back to Jeff on Real Talk 93.3. Back to October the 29th, Florida State beat Georgia Tech 41 to 16. We all remember what happened uh, not long after that. It was a little trip down to Miami, and Florida State knocked off the Canes by a robust 45 to 3. By the way, that was a six and a half point spread in it favor was. of Florida and, State. And your boy might have played it big. I yeah. did as well. Yeah. Florida State 45, Miami 3. They more than covered the six and a half, to say the least. <laughs> Unfortunately, yeah. that game played to the under because Miami was a bunch of incompetent children who <laughs> didn't deserve to be on the field. Uh, no, I'm just reminding folks that that's why the over didn't hit. <laughs> yeah. uh, Miami's ineptitude uh, and impotence led to three points. Spread could have been 41 and a half. Yeah, it could have been. What it covered. I mean, for example, the game against Georgia Tech hit the over. Uh, because while Florida State scored 41, Georgia Tech did score 16. Yeah, They were not children. They at least fought. And well, they scored a, a touchdown. They got into the end Miami zone. didn't score a touchdown. No, not even close. And uh, for Florida State the following week, they were favored by seven. They beat Syracuse 38-3. to That was uh, played to the under as well at 51.5. I may have had the under there. I was thankful that Syracuse was also uh, impotent. And then Florida State knocked off Louisiana Lafayette 49-17. Covered the spread again. Are you seeing a trend here, guys? That is a cover, that is a cover, that is a cover, that is a cover uh, in every one of those games. It is also a robust point total in every one of those games. Uh, In total, it went like this, 41, 45, 38, and 49. And, of course, the final game of the year was not a cover, and I worried about it because Florida was going to score against this defense, and they did, 38 points. Florida State dropped 45, though, and so it was that Florida State did not cover. It did hit the over. But, man, those are point totals again going back to October of 41, 45, 38, 49, and 45. No reason to think this offense will not put up big numbers again tomorrow. I'm excited. That is just what they do. It is a fun thing to point out. They score a lot of points. Now, if you want to say they didn't score a lot of points against NC State, you're right. But it is also fair to say that Florida State is a much better team right now than they were in week two or week three. I mean, the teams get better. They are allowed to grow. They figure out. They learn from mistakes. They learn from problems. And they had a hiccup in the middle of the season. We all know it. A three-game losing streak where they didn't play their best. You could say it coincides with the fact that they played Clemson. I agree. It coincides with the fact that, you know, you played NC State, who had a good defense. I agree. So is there room to grow? Certainly. But this team covering that many spreads and being responsible for that many blowouts, I didn't go back to the early games that we had a couple blowouts in the Boston College, walked away with that win. It was over by the end of the first quarter. They covered. The number was huge. Obviously, we know what they did against the high school team that they started the season against. So that's seven blowout wins for Florida State, a hell of a lot of covers. And I know that not everybody that listens to this show cares about gambling. Not everybody that listens to this show even likes that we bring up gambling. They're a little old fogies, and that's okay. I get it. But here's why it is important and how you can use it and how it's applicable. You know what good teams do? They do cover. Yep. And it's not because they want to cover. It's because they're dominant. 
because they're yeah. badass. They dominate the line of scrimmage. They dominate games. And for years, what did we do? We had so much fun with the ATM that was Alabama in the first half. They would just overwhelm people. That became yeah. Florida State at points this year. Good sign. Yeah, oh no, it's a, it's a really good sign. And, and what did they do in order to get to those numbers? You know, you would think typically if you're going to hit the upper 30s or the lower 40s, that you're an aerial assault. You know, you're throwing for four bills a game, five touchdowns and a pick because that stops the clock more. They've run for 200-plus yards in seven consecutive games <laughs> leading up to the ball. 200 yards? You know, and even though it wasn't as nearly as consistent against Florida as it was against those other teams leading up to the Florida game, they still ran when it mattered most. They still ran in a traditional manner in, in mixed in with some stops, more stops than anybody else got against us in that stretch. But they were able to, when the game was on the line in the fourth quarter, run Trey Benson. When the game was in the formative moments, they're running Trey Benson. It's not trickery in all Jordan Travis rushing for a buck 50 and then they've got one explosive play. That is the fundamental difference on offense between last year and this year. Last year we knew they were going to hit on runs of over 20, 30, 40, and sometimes 50 or 60 yards. They were going to get their home run, whether it was Jay Sean Corbin or Trey Sean Ward. But Jay Sean Corbin hit his head against the goalpost a few times uh, two seasons ago. Yeah. This past year they were able to do it in more traditional ways. They're able to gain six at a clip, able to gain ten at a clip. Still have the explosive runs, but they were able to get in those situations where they're in second and six and third and two and so forth. And they were able to do it not only with changing where the fight takes place with counter and motion. They outside were also doing the outside zone, which yeah. is a much more traditional play. The thing I'm looking forward to as we get into next season is the evolution of this running game to where an inside zone or something straight up the middle is going to be a part of the offense as well. Yeah, and running beers and dives and yes, yes, yes trap, whatever, yeah, yeah. whatever you want to run. Yeah, That's the next wave. But they've added so many wrinkles to the rushing attack this year, and that has been the basis to get to those ridiculous numbers in terms of being consistent in the upper 30s and lower 40s. That's a ridiculous rate to be at, unless you're in the Big 12 like Oklahoma when everybody scores like that every weekend. But they were able to do it in a way that you don't typically see in offense, arrive at those points and that production level. That's on the ground. And that's something that Oklahoma doesn't stop very well. I'm sure they've got a couple of things schemed up that we're not ready for because they've had so much time to prepare. Yeah, but when this game gets game, into yeah. the back and forth, I mean, look, Mike Norvell's offense is hardly ever the same. It's hardly ever the same. They've well, got different wrinkles that play off of their base plays every week. I just got done talking about what Brent Venables attempts to do with his defenses and what the Cincinnati Bengals do in the NFL where they change their scheme every week on yeah. defense. It's amazing, yeah. right? You're right. It's good to point out that every week we attack defenses differently. It's rather remarkable. I, I can't help but think what Trey Benson's going to do next year. Is we, if you look at that schedule, you're right. You got the LSU game. We all know you got the LSU game and you got the Florida game on the road at Ben Hill Griffin late in the year in November, November 25th. You've got the, the, the road game against Clemson, as I said, at Memorial Stadium. That's TBA. We don't know what the date is on that game. Uh, and you have the LSU. But other than that, can you imagine Trey Benson's numbers next year? And this would be the reason why you would not want to bet, amongst other things, but this would be the chief reason why you would not want to bet Jordan Travis to win the Heisman. Yeah. Because Trey Benson is going to be a rock star next year with this offensive line sure. improvement yeah. and the schedule. You're going to want to run the ball. You're not going to want to run your quarterback who's become a good thrower and and, yeah. and, and, and a guy that can you know pre-snap and do all the things you got to do. But how many yards is he going to run for in September against Southern Miss? How many yards is he going to run for in November against North Alabama? 
How many yards is he going to run for against Boston College, whom he took the opening kickoff back uh, against in the game here in Tallahassee? Uh, how many how many yards is he going to run against Miami? Obviously, Miami beat them up, just own Miami's <laughs> yeah. ass. How many runs yards is he going to run against uh, Wake and Duke and Virginia? I mean. He could put up massive numbers yeah, this next year. He could have about seven, 800 yards in about five games because I don't think they're going to leave him in the whole way. I anticipate, and, and again, that first team is going to play, hopefully, what do you think, seven full games of football in a 12-game season in terms of snap count. I, that's, I'm projecting yeah. that they're going to blow out teams enough that they're probably going to play somewhere between six well, and eight, depending upon you know variance and, and luck and weather and things like that. That first team is going to get only so much exposure next year, but I still think you're right. Benson will go way over 1,000 yards. And then the question is the next wave of guys. This is such a huge opportunity. There is a big handoff coming next year with all the guys that we have that are either short-timers because they're graduating or because they're transfers or whatever it is. There's such a huge opportunity next year on that schedule to blow enough teams out that you can hand it off year over year to that next wave, you need to be in a position to blow a ton of teams out next year so they can get that experience, the next wave of guys like Rodney Hill, the young offensive line, the young wide receivers, and so forth. This game would be a Rodney Hill game tomorrow. This game, I'm not giving Trey Benson a gazillion carries tomorrow. Why? Yeah. Well, yeah. what's the point get of Trey Benson? Get him to 1,000 and get him off the field. Get him off the field. What's the point? Like, I, I again, this the substitution pattern tomorrow will be very interesting. This reminds me an awful lot. Now, again, I'm not treating Oklahoma – like their Duke or right. or some other. He's at 965 yards. Get him a thousand. Get him out. Yeah. I, he doesn't need to play any more than that. I mean, because again, that is a loaded backfield. That is the, probably the deepest, most talented position well, that they possess. You probably owe Treshawn if he's looking for other options. One more round of film for him. He could come back too. I mean, like these guys, if he's against healthy, their better interests, which I'd, is so amazing. I'd, I'd be really surprised if Treshawn Ward comes I'd, back. But 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 hey, he might. He might. He hasn't he hasn't opted out yet. Oh, these. I mean. There are many guys on this team right now, both sides of the ball, you would think by now would have made the decision to do so, and they haven't because they love being here that much. But whatever the case, beyond Trey, get you guys some exposure, and they've saved a lot of shirts as well, which they've talked about in the lead-up to this game. They've saved some shirts, the fourth game of participation, right? so that they can get guys in this game. And honestly, I, I agree with you. This is where I'll take the other side of the argument about the importance of the game. But not for the reasons that you're saying. No, again, it. You want to do. You want to win it so that you can for recruiting purposes. But what I'm saying is, there also is a balance between wanting to win and wanting to learn. Oh, wanting right, to I learn about what you yeah, are. Sorry, I'm a false so I have a point. So I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. flipping sides flipping here. It, yeah. Is that you also have a real opportunity here to yes. learn about what you have, and for those guys to learn about what they are and what they need to do. And you can bet that coaches treat these games. Yes, they want to win them in certain situations. They really want to win them. But other times, these are guys that are treating this game like they are because they're exhibitions. Yep. And they want to see, can Rodney Hill carry the load for 20 carries? What about this other guy? What about this guy? What about what if we put in so-and-so? James B., you're too nice. Thank you, James B. Man alive. Look at this guy. Consummate professionals, he writes. <laughs> JCS is the best. Go to Olds. Awfully kind, James B. We appreciate you very, very much. He's sitting right in front of us. And uh, he is one of the uh, most loyal supporters of Warchan and Warchan TV. Yes, he, he is. He's a very loyal supporter and a very kind man. And uh, and to think he thought I hated him for years. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if he's, if listening. he's listening to the show right if now. He's he'll listening, catch that he can laugh about that. Yeah, yeah he'll yeah. crack up. But anyhow, yeah. <laughs> but I do like uh, Zyler. Yeah, man, I like the running back room. Uh, yep. I, I'm telling you right now. 
that running back room's fun because we get into arguments about styles and size and which of the guys are going to opt out and why. And, you know, when you have those kinds of options, it's hilarious because that is not something we've really been in a position to debate. We've just we've always been able to easily identify, well, that's your good player here. Yep. That's your good player here. The last five years anyhow. Well, Damian Webb, give guy. him the ball. He's yeah. all you got. That's the only yeah, good player yeah, you got yeah. here, right? You know, that kind of a stuff. So it cracked me up um, to this year how many times you and I got into debates about which guy we wanted to see have the ball. Remember at the beginning of the year, we were arguing about Lawrence Tofili. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, that's the one room where that can You happen. were certainly arguing about Lawrence Tofili. <laughs> I'm just letting you know that. I still like Lawrence Toffoli. Yeah. I've never liked him in the way that some of our <laughs> some of our fellow Knowles like. Man, him. he's a good Swiss Army knife, though. But the fun yeah. thing is, next year, when you just think about all of those toys, like Toffoli's going to figure into the rotation somehow. But there's as less, a receiver, maybe. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then again, you've got a lot of slot guys. You got Pittman. You got Winston Wright going to be back next year at full strength. I mean, it's going to be really hard to get the football to everybody in the 2023 season. There's only one of them. And you've got two tight ends that you really think are going to make a difference now, two different positions that they're going to play. The receiver room's even more loaded with a guy like Hakeem Williams or uh, Vandravius Jacobs, who's coming in as well, who apparently is a very polished receiver. So across the board, and then you include the running back room, Rodney Hill's going to get some love next year, not just from me, but actually in terms of touch count. I, well, first of all, if you wanted... If you wanted confirmation that they cared a lot about Rodney Hill, they went out and paid him. Yep. I mean, I don't know how much, but they went out and made I sure they called the collective and said, guys, it's Mike. I did my best Norvell impression. Take care of Rodney. Yeah. Rodney's important. I think Ira Chappelle just walked in and is probably wondering where we are. He's, fine. He's like, why can't I hear him? Where, where the hell are they? We'll take a quick break while we can here and get uh, organized. Chef Cameron Show, we're broadcasting. You can hear it's live. It's out there in the distance. Uh, there are a lot of people here enjoying this, but uh, it's atmosphere. starting to get a lot in here. Good, good, great atmosphere at the Harry Buffalo off of Church Street here in Orlando. Jeff Kevich, 93.3 Real Talk Radio and War Chant TV. Welcome back to the Jeff Cameron Show, sponsored by Legendary Home Loans, a mortgage experience designed around speed, simplicity, and customer service. Before you buy your next home, contact our friend Shannon Young with Legendary Home Loans. Visit FSUHomeLoans.com, FSUHomeLoans.com. Broadcasting from the Harry Buffalo, it's the Jeff Cameron Show. Good to be with you. It is the day before Florida State takes on Oklahoma. We're on site. We appreciate those who came out. I know a little disappointing here in the second half of the show where you guys could not hear the audio. We'll get this rectified by the time we come back for Florida State LSU. But in the interim, enjoy yourself. Tons of fellow Knowles here. Good times. I see the, the great Irish fell just showed up as well. Yep. The whole crew will be here momentarily. We'll just be walking around, having beers, and celebrating Florida State. Yeah, the good news is, you know, if you're at a table right now watching this on your phone or listening on your Bluetooth headset, we'll be around your table uh, shortly. Yeah, shortly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm looking forward to it, in fact. Uh, Me too. Yeah, so, uh, again, the setup today, want to make sure everybody gets properly promoted because a lot of people invested in this and a lot of people have been good to us. Let's start with the Battles End. They're hosting a block party beginning at 4 o'clock. Live music right outside the door here on Church Street, where you will get three different artists playing. Tyler Reeves going to play. I believe he's the Florida State grad as well, by the way. Cole Taylor is going to play, and Jake Owen later on tonight. 
will be playing and former players will be here. And of course, a gazillion Florida State Seminole football fans that are here now and piling in uh, by the good times. We're here till three live and then at three to four, as I said before, the whole War Chant crew kind of out with uh, all of our Noel brothers uh, and, and having a good time. So. It's nice, man. Like, you know, the bowl game is all, it's often said by coaching staffs that the bowl game is the reward, yeah. especially if it's not a playoff game. You're not thinking about your reward. You're thinking about winning. Yeah. But even, you know, just for the Noel fan base as that uh, teetered a little bit. That was a little shaky. The world's on tilt, but we're back. Um, the thing is for, for the fan base, I, I'm very fan. I'm very happy for <laughs> the, the loyal fans of Florida State that have believed in Mike that maybe didn't have been convinced, this is your reward, too. If you made it out to Orlando from different parts of the state as an alum, or if you live here, this is our reward, too, for the faith in what was coming or what could be. It's happened. And this not only has been a team that's been successful, this is a team that's been incredibly likable. I mean, I'm telling you guys, behind the scenes, just as much as what you only see on television, there haven't been incidents of selfishness and nonsense in the practice fields every week that need to be sorted out. You could count on one hand the amount of times that somebody stepped out of line, and you probably don't use all your fingers and the thumb. You know, there, there's been one high-profile case of a guy who needed to be disciplined, and then he left the program. But outside of that, this team has been a joy to watch, and as these things go, they've been fantastic in terms of their attention to detail. They don't take breaks. They never give up any week of this season, win or loss. They have never given up when they faced adversity. This has just been a really likable bunch. And so the reward is for you guys out there that are making it to Orlando, you get to sit back and enjoy us one more time because next year's team's going to have a different feel to it. They're probably going to be better, but does that mean they're as likable? These things are not always the same. See 2013 and 2014. They both won all 12 games they play in the regular season, but the likability factor was very different. I oddly like the 2014 team more than most because they pissed everybody <laughs> well, they're off a troll. all the time. Yeah, yeah. but they're trolling yeah. themselves. <laughs> they made me laugh. Hey, I, I'm going to tell you this. You hit on an important piece to the puzzle. Corey wrote about it on Warchant.com. You guys go over there and read the Warchant piece. Uh, you know, he, he says, is this the best team the Florida State's ever had? No, no, certainly not. One of the most likable, I believe that is the headline, uh, definitely one of the most likable. Yeah, and and, and that's true. Uh, we we kind of said it early on, too. I thought that they showed aspects of a buy-in that hadn't been yep. there in a long time, yep. just in the way that they practiced and the way they bounced back. I think a lot of times it's not on your good days that you reveal that character that draws people to you. It's on your bad days. You know, it's the... Yep. What do you do when you're when things aren't going well? Uh, how do you react when you're not feeling well? How do you how do you treat your coworkers when you know you've had a tough week? Uh, you know how is it that uh, can I count on you to be consistent? Can I can yeah. I can I trust that you're going to show up and do what is necessary on that day? And, you know, Mike talked about these guys in that way even in spring. He began to kind of I think kind of cultivate that by noting each of their bounce back days. They'd have a bad practice, and Mike would even tell you. Uh, well, yesterday wasn't very good. I thought we got off to a slow start. Got better as the day went on, but yeah. it wasn't wasn't outstanding. We got to do better tomorrow. But they would do better tomorrow. They would always do better tomorrow. Or if they had a bad start to the beginning of the practice, they would they would have a good end of the practice, and vice versa. So, I think at the end of the day, you began to see those signs, and certainly the coaching staff did, even at the beginning of the uh, at the spring. And then obviously carried over to the fall. We saw the due diligence that they put in and the improvement. And it begins, it has to, and I think it does with most teams, 
it kind of, as far as players go, it really does begin with Jordan Travis because Jordan had to get better. You have to be a leader by definition at the quarterback position. And if you're quiet, and he kind of is, and you're a little bit shy, it's hard. You have to do it in other ways. You have to achieve that respect in that leadership role through, obviously, your play and your willingness to prepare because guys watch you. They watch every workout. They see, they see what time you show up. They see what time you leave. They see whether or not you're accountable. If you do those things from that position and you improve the yep. way that he improved and yep. you show you're dedicated to getting better because these guys want to win. If you show you're getting better and you're working hard to that end, guys will follow. And they did that. And Mike saw it. That's why he always was careful about the way he spoke about Jordan Fabs. When he had opportunities yeah. to exalt Jordan and talk about what kind of kid he is and everything he had accomplished and how hard he'd work and why he was responsible for the culture shift, he would do it. But he was very calculated. Mike is smart about these things. And he did with other guys, too. But it starts with Jordan Travis. Yeah, and you know what? He was willing to praise him and go on the record and talk about how much better he was before, frankly, we saw it in practice. You know, there, there were days, there were reps, there were drills. Uh, there was one in the spring in particular, and then there was one in the fall where Jordan owned a sequence of events. You go, oh, that's in him. And then in fall, it was pretty much a whole practice. And this was probably first week of camp, maybe second week of camp, where you just you realize, oh, that's in him. Okay. Well, the way that Coach Norvell would talk about Jordan Travis before that even happened in fall camp was that he had arrived. So to me, what that means is there couldn't have been summer workouts. You don't learn a whole lot about what somebody's ability is as a quarterback in summer no, workouts. No, not ability, no. That had to be the film room. That had to be the discussions they had about the offense, his discussions with Alex Atkins, his discussions with Tony Tokars. He had to have heard the right things. You, you've said it a long time now. But, you know, Jimbo Fisher knows a thing or two about offensive football, and he would say that when a quarterback takes the next step, it's, yeah, not, because the right of the, yeah, it's not because of the things they do on the field necessarily. It's about the concepts. They ask the right questions. They understand what they're looking at. And my man, within four drives against LSU, you could see that Jordan knew where to go with the ball under duress. And it's not like LSU had a lot of film. It's a brand-new program. There wasn't a whole lot of film of what they were going to do. It's a brand-new program with a lot of wrinkles. His command of things just went light years ahead of even his practice performance. That's why we were different degrees of skeptical on the staff of, he's taking a step, but how big of a how step? How big a step has he taken? And yeah. Mike was saying it was huge, and we're like, are you sure, Mike? And you can't know until you play right. a game. You really yeah. can't know until you But you can see things in practice that give you hope. You can see signs in the film room. Yeah. You can, you know, by the kinds of questions he's asking and all that. But then you get into a game, and this is this is a coach and a team tasked with shutting you down and exploiting your weaknesses and not building you up. And so those teams and really well-coached teams can, you know, they, obviously they're coming for blood, man. LSU wanted to win that football game, and they had a ton of talent on defense. And so you thought, and they tried everything. They tried a million different looks, and Jordan was like, no, man, I got this. It's all good. So that, that's exciting. I want to read this quote from that story that I just referenced from Corey. It's things like this that make you like him and everybody else when they get the opportunity to talk about Florida State University and this program. Not one player opted out. Quote from Jordan Travis. Yeah, I think we owe it to this university. Florida State gives us everything. We are blessed every single day we get to wake up as a Seminole. I think we all know that. And knowing how far we came as a football team, the offseason, how hard we work together. Nobody wants to leave anybody behind. 
what Coach Mike Norvell does for us, too. That's a coach that really loves us hard. He coaches us hard. It means a lot to us. So I think it's an easy decision for a lot of these guys not to opt out. I mean, geez, that says yeah, it all. Yeah, the nobody leave, wants to leave anybody else behind part. I think that's so true. Just listening to the behind-the-scenes chatter, and you have more direct conversations than I do about that, about some of the guys who could opt for the NFL and are waffling because they don't want to leave anybody else behind. That is something that we often talk about that we see from different programs around the country when they take that next step. Sometimes it's true and sometimes it's actually fool's gold. But when it goes from a coach-led program to a player-led program, we haven't talked about that a whole lot. But it does seem like if you're just indicating the guys that are sticking around to play, the guys that are in the portal and still practicing and playing, they're going to leave Florida State University. You are seeing the development of a player-run program. Well, I think there was only one player that entered the portal that was truly bitter. McCall. Well, um, yeah. 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 Only one. Yeah. Most yeah. people are hitting the portal aren't exactly, you know, singing. Sure. Uh, Jared Jackson's gone, too. But, but he's, I don't think he was pissed. Probably not. But I that's where it's like, again, it's fair if you hit the portal and not have to play in the bowl game. Like, that's okay. Well, I would never. I mean, there's and no yet, reason here we have guys it. that are doing it. It's just, it, it's, it's incredible. I don't think it'll always be this good. And that doesn't mean the program's broken. Like you said earlier, when you go from zero to 60, when you see how broken it was to how fixed it is, you want to be a part of that for longer because you, you've changed something. When it becomes a machine, and hopefully it does, yeah. You're not going to see dudes hanging around for a non-New Year's Six, well, maybe even a New Year's Six non-playoff game. You, you'll see guys go, and that's okay. But it's just to remark on how special this group is, just because you might not agree with some of the decisions they make if you're part of their business team, <laughs> doesn't mean you shouldn't appreciate the hell out of them and root them on like crazy if you're in Orlando or tune in tomorrow early and get ready to watch this group. We still have a pregame show to do, Tom and I do, but as we're rounding out the show here in the waning moments uh, that we have here from Orlando for the JCS, I do want to thank all of you in the chat and all of you listening in Tallahassee uh, driving around and the support you guys give us on a daily basis it uh, it does not go unappreciated and given the fact that uh, we're going to have kind of a weird schedule over the next yeah. several days off and on I'm going to try to say this more than once but uh, as we head to the new year and we're all going to wish people a happy new year and all that I, I, I want people to understand that um, we appreciate you man uh, we got people listening all over the country I'm reminded of that in the chat somebody just noted that they were listening from Utah of course, Troy listens from Wyoming every day. The high country. Yeah, you got uh, folks in Montana. You got Texas. folks in Texas uh, every day, obviously. <laughs> uh, I've, I've had people reach out to me listening in California, people listening in Illinois. Uh, we've got a lot of people uh, in addition to the south region. I mean, the southern regions, of course. And so I, I just I appreciate that. Tom appreciates that. I know I can actually speak for him in that sense. And I think um, we Bundle as a up, staff people. at Warchant.com <laughs> certainly appreciate it. So. It's it's uh it's exciting times. He's as is here. He is waving. He is celebrating. If, if the camera was a three hundred and sixty degree camera, he would have just photobombed it. But yeah, it's this place uh, is filled now. It's picking man. up, man. It was already crowded here. Every, most every tabletop high top was taken when we started at one o'clock. But you can hear it in the background. I'm sure it's it's going to be a big time celebration, <laughs> and we're looking forward to again. This only being the beginning. We're enjoying today, and this day goes on. For any of you that come out. 
till midnight tonight, thanks to the battle's end. Well, there it is. Uh, but it's the precursor to something big, too, in September, because yeah. this is the location for the next two games. It is. Uh, meet and greet getting started here in a few minutes, and then follow that up by the block party hosted by the battle's end and live music, which is a good thing. And uh, we appreciate that. We appreciate all you knows that have come out here. I appreciate Matthew. I don't know what we have left here. What a minute or so? Uh, just under two minutes. All right, good. You want to uh, do some tub talk from the uh, from the Harry Buffalo? <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't it be great if there was a tub in here? <laughs> yeah, but we would not be together. No, it would be bizarre. Yeah. It would be Individual strange. tubs like those commercials. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We could be in the tub. Uh, yes, and by the way, thank you. Good old from North Carolina. Good old from Charlotte. All right. Good old from uh, South Carolina. Portugal. Portugal. Get out of here. How about that? Do That's you speak awesome. Portuguese? That is fantastic. Uh, also, I, I'm thinking back. Uh, we have somebody that listens to us often in Russia as yeah, well as Ingvar. Japan. Yeah. Yeah, we got people all over. Cheers to you. I'm probably not supposed to do this, but here you go. There you go, guys. Just have You know board. what it means. There you go. <laughs> Cheers to you. They have Buffalo. Oh, God love you out there in Buffalo. Virginia, That's going to be tough. Man, that- we got to get a map in the background of the shows that we do and put pins for what everybody declares on well, Warchant TV. Well, soon enough, we'll have to do that. We're getting, we're taking a picture live on the air. <laughs> yes, That's when you are. know we're doing something right there. That's good. There we go. We appreciate that. Uh... <laughs> go to Pinch a Penny. Go to Tallulah. Make sure you do those two things. You go to Tallulah first. You'll enjoy Pinch a Penny even more. Have somebody drive you <laughs> to the Pinch a Penny after you leave. No, nah, there's plenty of non-psychedelics. <laughs> Plenty of non-psychedelics at the uh, Tallulah store. There is uh, the CBD for your joints. Yep. You're not It'll make be, the last 15 seconds of the show feel like 15 minutes. You feel good. Hey, thanks, Matthew. Did a good job. Great I work, put up with a lot here. Appreciate you. And uh, Tommy, here's some more fun that we're about to have, brother. That's right. Go Knowles. Uh, pre-game show tomorrow. Be listening, everybody. Peace. Take care.